0: Innovation meets scale is how we drive outcomes uh, for our customers and for ourselves. This is the Brilliance Leadership Learning Podcast, sharing thought-provoking content and discussions to enhance your leadership development journey. Be sure to subscribe to get notified of new episodes. Here is your host, Chantal Nash, Digital Learning and Engagement Manager from the team at Crotonville, GE's Global Learning Institute
1: the year has been busy for Crotonville. On today's episode, another leader in residence, Anoop Sharma, joined us to talk about his time on campus. Anoop is the VP of GE Digital, and he gave us some really rich information on things like the digital thread and digital twin, and of course shared some experiences that have helped shape him as a leader. Here's Anoop kicking us off with some background on his role at GE.
0: Chantel, thanks for having me. It's a privilege uh, privilege to be here as a leader in residence, and uh, what what an exciting few days it's already been. I'm part of a team that leads our GE for GE efforts. What that's really about, all about is how do we leverage a lot of the capabilities of digital, so our Predix platform, our asset performance management, ServiceMax, the applications and capabilities that we're taking to market to our customers. How do we leverage them uh, inside the company to drive productivity and outcomes? Uh, to, to deliver better for our customers. So this notion of a digital thread, how do we break through silos? How do we drive uh, value for our customers and then see that translated into benefits? So, uh, you know, we have uh, IT teams, digital technology teams across the company that are leveraging and reusing capability and solving um, what I'd say are pretty significant operational and business issues uh, with contemporary um, uh, solutions, software solutions.
1: Yeah, that's really interesting because I know productivity is such a important thing. We're all trying to be more productive and more efficient. So that seems like a seems like a very complicated job. I mean, do you find it? Do you find it very challenging? I mean, look,
0: there's uh, lots of uh, there's lots of challenges. There's lots of things to solve. But I think what's really made a difference for us over the last eighteen months is our teams are very outcomes focused, mm-hmm. outcomes driven. So when you think about um, areas of service automation for the men and women who go serve our customers in the field how do we really focus on the persona of a field engineer how do we solve fundamental problems for them and and once you start to add value and see outcomes that translates into uh, variable cost productivity it translates into new opportunities for us to uh, to uh, upsell customers so I think it's really about, Making our employees as productive as they can be while solving um, what maybe were previously unattainable levels of productivity.
1: Sure. And then, of course, that in turn probably helps our customers be more productive too.
0: You know, beyond that, um, customers are looking for reference. You know, when we go talk, uh, regardless of what vertical or industry, customers are looking for reference. They get excited when they hear that GE is not only selling them. Um, ServiceMax as a solution, but we are not uh, scale users of the solution and have driven outcomes. They're anxious and happy to learn from our experiences. Same thing on, on uh, other software solutions uh, like asset performance management. We've got some very unique use cases where we've driven, um, you know, uh, improvement in machine utilization and performance in our factories. That's uh, that resonates with customers. And then, of course, we're innovating. We're uh, we're pushing and developing new solutions uh, that are obviously driving productivity for us. And at some point, the commercial teams may take those to market as well.
1: Yeah, I think that's really interesting that we are not only serving the customers, but really we're collaborating with them.
0: That's right. And the key word here is, I, I think, along with collaboration, is innovation. I think uh, there's obviously lots of pressure in the business to be productive. And why I think the 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 other uh, amazing part of digital and this digital industrial transformation is really affords teams globally to work together, collaborate, and innovate, uh, because that's what it's going to take. I mean, we're trying to solve problems that many people, not just us, have been trying to solve for decades. The technology's caught up, but it's really about focusing on outcomes and innovating uh, to bring new solutions to ourselves and to the market.
1: So you had mentioned digital thread, and um, how do customers... Or I guess even for our employees, how are we helping them explain that? And how? I mean, how do you, how would you explain that? Do people seem to be receptive to that concept?
0: I I think more than receptive to the concept. I think you're seeing evidence of the digital thread taking hold across the company. I, I we we have. Uh, uh numerous best practices and productivity. I mean, at the end of the day, the numbers and uh, the outcome from the digital thread focus is what drives um, our confidence in continuing to invest in these solutions. Uh, you know, we have, uh, I'll give you one example. Uh, we incubated a solution around material optimization. It's called the Material Optimization Suite. We uh, I- invested and innovated with the energy connections and the power team. This solution is now being rolled across 100 factories to enable our supply chain teams and our operations teams to have better visibility at the plant level, where buyers and operators on the shop floor are empowered to make decisions around optimizing material flow. That has an impact on on on-time delivery for our customers. It's a contemporary user interface, access to data. That has led to um, significant inventory improvements, productivity improvements, and and now, once we've done that within a business, we're taking it across plants. And that's the power of scale and reuse. So I think for us, the uh, the employees that got involved in innovating that for the first um, set of plants are very involved. But now, the supply chain council and the supply chain team in partnership with the DT teams across the businesses are engaged on taking these and rolling them across plants. And I think that's that's the power of um uh, Innovation, but innovation meets scale is how we drive outcomes uh, for our customers and for ourselves. So more and more people are getting engaged. Uh, I think overall, though, um, with a refocus on our digital strategy, I think our leaders and our teams are anxious to help understand, but more importantly, are anxious to see how they can participate in, uh, in driving the digital threat or digital uh, solutions for our customers.
1: Sure. That's been part of
0: my learning this week
1: yeah yeah and and I want to go more into that really quickly before we do for somebody who's not familiar with the concept of a digital thread or digital twin could you just talk a little more about that what just at a high level what what does that mean
0: So the digital thread is about is about uh, across the various functions and in some ways functional focus drive silos, breaking down silos across commercial teams, supply chain teams, engineering teams, service teams to really serve the customer. At the end of the day, what's important is whether you're delivering a product or a service, how do we reduce friction? How do we reduce waste and wait time to deliver uh, uh, a quality product or service to the customer is the goal. And what we found is over the years, we've developed... Uh, The the value delivery for the customer gets fractured along the way, Uh, sometimes due to process issues, many times due to data issues. The systems of yesterday and the enterprise are not able to keep up up with this integrated execution that needs to happen. And and what we're doing is we're taking uh, concepts, solutions, capability that that have transformed the operational world and we're bringing them to the enterprise and we're leveraging the Predix platform, we're leveraging apps on the platform, artificial intelligence, to, to build a digital thread that's connected across organizations, functions, in many ways, the old silos to deliver faster and with better quality for our customers. So that's the notion of the digital thread. Yeah, it, it has a few fundamental capabilities. Uh, I talked about this idea of a platform and an ecosystem that allows us reuse. But what ties all of this together is that the customer focus is tied to an asset view, a lifecycle view of the asset. And I think uh, where we're, we're headed and the people that are going to win is whoever can figure out how to harvest the asset lifecycle or the asset data model is going to win in this space. And I think we're making some great steps in that direction. A digital twin is uh, is another Pretty significant capability. Um, you know, this is leveraging data, statistical models, physics models to really develop a simulation of what our assets and our organizations go through. Um, you know, so if you think about simulating uh, execution in the factory based on loads type of work, how do you start to um, build out the digital twin of what would be happening in a factory that allows you to optimize before? Uh, that work goes through the factory. That's the notion of a digital twin in the context of using it within our and within our operation.
1: Great. That's that's a lot to chew on, but definitely very interesting. Uh, and then, as you're talking with people, what do you say, or how do you explain the digital strategy of the company?
0: You know, our focus uh, for digital across the company, we're we're focused on an uh, on integrated play across GE. First, we're leading with killer applications. These are core capabilities across our business units, which really bring value to our customers. It's in two areas, asset performance management and service automation. That's really resonated with our customers. This allows us to really harness uh, what we think about as our birthright, right? The install base and the businesses, the verticals. Our go-to-market strategy is really prioritizing uh, across that install base where we have trusted customers for decades and we can bring accelerated value to them in those areas uh clearly the predicts platform um which has been uh, a large part of our digital investment is our focus there is on differentiation right how do we drive um uh cloud edge to cloud capability these are differentiated capabilities and then of course we'll play across multiple cloud platforms be it microsoft azure aws i think uh And then what ties it all together is we have to be the ultimate showcase and reference, which is back to some of the discussion earlier, Chantel, right? Our customers are looking for us to be the benchmark of a digital industrial. So that's our focus and strategy across the company, integrated play. People were very, had a lot of questions about our digital strategy. They appreciated the clarity and focus. I think what resonated with, uh, uh, you know, uh, as you know, many businesses are represented here in the classroom. What resonated was the focus and the fact that we're starting to win. We're starting to show results. Um, and uh, customers always vote with their checkbook. If they see value, uh, they give us orders and that's what we're starting to see. And as far as the GE for GE reference, adoption and usage as we talked about earlier drives productivity and uh, return on the investment.
1: Absolutely, yeah. So as we think about all of this, there's obviously a lot of factors that go into making this successful. You know, we talk about the software and the hardware of the company broadly, but when we're talking specifically about what people are are going to Crotonville for and and what, you know, part of your experience there in terms of leadership development, what are some of the themes that start to come up there? Maybe what are some things that you've had to do as a leader uh, to develop as a lot of this new technology and these new approaches for the company have been emerging?
0: I think what's uh, amazing, you know, as I was uh, coming up here on Monday afternoon, I was remembering the first time I came to Crotonville was uh, in 1995. I was an intern. I was here with 500 other interns and it's just been remarkable over the years uh, having the privilege to be back here. And uh, so first of all, it's about learning, being a continuous learner, Uh, you know, uh, being a lifelong learner. I think that's what's amazing. And uh, regardless of time in the company, level in the company, the people I've talked to are so appreciative about the investment G uh, is making and they are making in uh, continuing to be lifelong learners. So that's, that's a theme that's resonated. You know, the other thing that uh, is uh, key is the company is going through um, a really tough period right now. Right. We are having to reset. We're having to refocus. I think they get to hear from John Flannery, Jamie Miller, a lot of leaders. And then, um, you know, the, the leader in residence, which happens to be my privilege this week, really, um, and they get to learn and talk and, uh, and do an immersion with their peers. And I think what a few themes are emerging. I think uh, people are really anxious to start to win again. I think teams, folks are ready to win. They are ready for uh, winning in the marketplace, winning for customers, and are ready to reestablish GE, right? Reestablish maybe in some ways uh, the, the footing or the step that we've lost around execution. So I see a um, big focus on culture. I think there's a lot of discussion about our culture. Um, uh, how do we create an environment where we take care of our people? You know, of course, we have technology, we have products. To your point, Chantel, all those things at some point don't matter if the people resource, the people asset, is in focus. So I think I heard a lot about people are um, are looking for transparency. They're looking for candor, and then they're looking for the leaders to really create an environment where they can be successful. They can uh, they can engage, and they. It can uh, solve problems and ultimately win.
1: Have you had any conversations about what people can do individually and personally, or maybe um, sharing some of the things that that you do for your own development or even just your own self care, or you know things that have, have shaped you as an individual leader?
0: You know one of one of the things you know we talked about the focus on winning, focus on the company, creating an environment where teams can be successful. But what is so important is how each one of us shows up every day, and you know my learning, and this is something that I got to share with the team is if we are, if I am not taking care of myself, if I'm if I'm not centered, if I'm not the best um, uh, person showing up with the right attitude, with a can win attitude, then I'm not going to be the best teammate. I'm not going to be the best leader. And one of the things that I uh, I did, I mean this was a, a reflection, or a wake up call. Um, with all the stress and the intensity of the jobs we have, personal health is something that, uh, at least for me, I started to, uh, to, uh, to not do enough on. So I took on a challenge last year, I uh, committed, I'd never done a triathlon, committed to do uh, sprint distance triathlons. For somebody who is uh, who's not an athlete, certainly not a swimmer, biker, and runner. I, um, I completed a few races last year and this year, my goal was to do an Olympic distance triathlon. And I have, you know, I shared with the class, uh, not only did I finish, I, uh, I beat my time that I projected by almost 30 minutes. So that's just one, that's just one example of taking care of yourself, right? It's about being centered. It's about being focused and investing in yourself because if you don't invest in yourself in many ways, that's just one example. You run the risk of, uh, of not being, not being a great teammate and not being uh, effective uh, at home or at work. So that's those are a few thoughts.
1: There's quite a few things that I'm taking away from that story. Number one, you like you said, you haven't been an athlete, but this is something that you decided to do. So no matter what we believe about ourselves in terms of our role and things like that, um, whether it's at work or at home or – personal goals you know we can we can still choose to commit to something and there's
0: room to flex there's room yeah, to grow you're right yeah, yeah. And I joke now with my with my wife I'm not just an athlete I'm a triathlete so.
1: <laughs> well and that's the other thing a small too one of that. it well in it that's I mean to me that's even more inspiring because it wasn't like oh you just decided to do a 5k or something I mean you're talking about a triathlon and then an Olympic triathlon but you've you know you set out the goal and you did it and that took commitment and I'm sure in many ways there is that aspect of teamwork so uh, there's a, a lot of interesting insights there.
0: Yes I mean I, I think that the privileges you train with teammates uh, you discover people like-minded people that have a common mission.
1: Was there something along the way that surprised you about the process of preparing for that triathlon?
0: Well first of all the Discipline and preparation cannot be replaced by desire. To do the distance, you have to put in the hours of training. And anytime I tried to shortcut that, it impacted the performance. So that's one. You have to grind it out. You have to roll up your sleeves. You have to jump in and do. So the discipline, you have to put in the training. I think, though, at some point, it's also in the mind, in the head. And I think uh, conquering your fears... And uh, you know, I've had the privilege to do it, train, and have the experience of others who've done it. And I think the lesson here is really leaning on others in a time of crisis, leaning in in, in a time where you're going through tough, tough uh, periods. Right? This was, uh, in some levels, maybe one, some one of the toughest things, at least, that I've done when it comes to physical training. And that is maybe the parallel I'll draw is. You cannot replace training with desire. So you got to have the discipline, you got to put in the time. But also, uh, it's also about mindset and getting confidence from others uh, to start to trust yourself. And I think that notion of trust is really something that's going to get us through uh, the period that we're going through as a company, right? Right. I trust my teammates. I trust my peers at work. That transparency, trust goes a long way into uh, becoming a high-performing team. And, uh, you know, that's, I truly think that's why uh, I, you know, I went from a goal of finishing to achieving a goal of beating what I thought would be my estimated time, at least a half hour or so. Yeah. That's a difference between, um, maybe, uh, a high performing team versus just going through, through the day and chopping wood maybe.
1: Yeah. Uh, were there times during either the process of training or, when you were actually competing in the triathlon, that you thought you couldn't do it or you felt like stopping?
0: Absolutely. I mean, that was, you know, yeah, weeks before I was uh, significant travel. What really was scary for me was the swim. I'd done it in a pool, but swimming almost a mile in open water is pretty scary for somebody who has not been a swimmer for most of their life. Mm-hmm. So I think the parallel there is tremendous. Um, you know, the, the mind is an interesting thing, lots of self-doubt, um, you know, people, circumstances saying, okay, it's not possible, you, you start second-guessing yourself, and I think if I draw the parallel to where we are today, there are a lot of people second-guessing us. Maybe in some ways we're second-guessing ourselves, but I think the focus on the mission, focus on um, imagining success, and then putting in the hard work to do it. Um, that that seemed to work.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it's that's really inspiring. And thank you for sharing uh, that experience with us. Um, as you think about what else you have going on for the rest of the week, is there anything you're looking forward to uh, that you would like to share?
0: You know, one, what's amazing, uh, you know, for a long time, Crotonville is clearly a place where GE employees come for training. We host customers. One very special partnership is with the New York Fire Department. So uh, post 9-11, there's been an amazing partnership and it's been a privilege. There is a class of 14 very senior uh, battalion chiefs um, and very senior leaders in the New York Fire Department that are here. For a week-long immersion and training, so I've had the privilege to spend some time with them, and you know they're, uh, and the theme there is really about leading through crisis. I mean, uh, there are 16,000 men and women in the New York City Fire Department; they're in harm's way every single day. And what's fascinating is, and look, I was to be honest, I was I didn't know what I could be uh, bringing to the table for them. They they lead in crisis every single day, so clearly. We've learned a lot, but as we started to uh, to dialogue around leadership and uh, how do you really change culture and drive a transformation? I mean, this is a 150 year old organization right. that has challenges. They serve communities, customers, lots of complexity, and you know some of the themes were fascinating. A lot of lot of uh, parallels. Uh, you know, there's an intersection of you know they talked a lot about diversity and leadership. How do they grow? and create an environment for the next generation of leaders to be successful. The complexity of what a firefighter and a leader had to do 10 years ago is very different. They they, they get involved, of course, saving lives and fighting fires, but a large amount of their time and effort is around safety and counterterrorism and being prepared, being responsive. We talked about... Uh, you know, how do they use technology? How does technology and using technology change how they work, how they train? So it's just been a fantastic, uh, you know, discussion and immersion with that team. And of course now I have an invite to do a ride along for the day with, uh, some of the best firefighters in the oh, world, maybe really? they say the best firefighters in the world. So it's wow. been, it's been very special. We have some customers here tonight. We have two, uh, healthcare, uh, customer teams that are doing a session. So look, I think this is, uh, I come back to where I started. Uh, it's all about uh, being a lifelong learner and, uh, the leader in residence is is an amazing opportunity in the company and uh, my privilege to be here this week. And uh, it's nice to engage with teams across GE, but also externally. I'm learning a lot and uh, great time for re- reflection, great time to uh, position and get uh, motivated for what we have to do for the future.
1: Yeah. I'm so glad you've been able to get some of these experiences and We'd love to hear how your ride-along goes, and thanks for making the time for us. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on iTunes, follow us on SoundCloud, and of course, like, comment, rate, and share. Thanks for listening.